Welcome to episode 6 of Jack's Viral Podcast, all about the coronavirus in Oxfordshire. Brought to you by Joe Summerbell, Alex Meakin and me, Emma Kerwin, from the Jack FM News team. Since our last podcast, Boris Johnson's been released from hospital after battling COVID-19. The government's promised more testing for care home residents and staff. And countries like Austria have started easing lockdown measures. But the reason you're here, or it should be at least, is to find out what's going on locally. So coming up is an Oxford City councillor speaking about the impact of lockdown on climate change, a football club in Marston that's raised money for the NHS and an Oxford woman who's organised a virtual festival, plus more. First up, it's Jamie Miller, the chief exec of brain injury charity Headway Oxfordshire. He's welcomed the Treasury's £750 million bailout to help struggling charities hit by the coronavirus, but told me he has concerns about being able to actually access the package. We're basically identifying the most vulnerable people in our group and we're doing a, a emergency food parcel deliveries to those individuals, to their homes. Um, we've also got an ongoing brain injury-related specialist information advice and guidance telephone service. Um, and again, a similar, similar service, telephone service for specialist welfare rights around brain injury as well. Um, and we've set up a, a really good, fun and interactive digital forum where, um, where people are able to engage with the sorts of activities they did in the Activity and Rehabilitation Centre, but online from their homes. So we're doing things like, for example, we have a, um, a daily uh, exercise offer. We have from our specialist exercise prof- professional, we have things like cookery classes, nutrition, cl- uh, nutrition classes. Uh, we've got art um, so a variety of all these sorts of really positive activities to keep people engaged that they can they can link into from home. Why do you think it's important then during this time that people are engaged? People that um, that have uh, brain injuries are, are often quite isolated anyway, um, and of course at a time like this that can make that you know really really considerably worse. Um, and it's really important to, uh, to to maintain contact with those individuals to check on their welfare and make sure how they are, whether they have any really immediate and pressing concerns and, and to obviously engage as best we can to overcome any of those concerns. And also just for people's mental health. I mean, it's really, really important to be able to talk to another human being and to feel that, you know, you're not forgotten uh, when, you're, when you're being socially isolated like we all are at the moment. So I think it's important for everybody, but it's particularly important for people have, who have the vulnerabilities associated with brain injury, which are you know, quite diverse and, and um, you know, have a big impact on people's everyday lives. How has the pandemic affected Headway? Yeah, so it's uh, really difficult times for everybody, I think. I think the whole social care sector is absolutely creaking under the strain of this. Um, you know, uh, it, it's been very difficult. So a PPE is a huge issue, as we all know from the media. So those organisations that do have to still maintain that frontline uh, face-to-face service. They have, they, they really need this, this sort of help. But from, from the perspective of, of our organisation, um, it really is a pressure on our finances. Um, we are very, very uncertain at the moment about what income we have, if any. Um, so what we're trying to do is just um, eke out what we have in terms of our in terms of our um, our reserves, and uh, be as helpful as we possibly can in the meantime to our to our um, our service users. Have you put in place any like measures to? try and save money yeah well I, th- I think that the whole the whole government thing is really is really quite difficult things like um furloughing staff is just not an option for us because we are still providing a service and we intend on still providing a service because it's vital so we have to have those staff there to be able to provide those services in the first place so i can't furlough staff 
Um, so really, we're in a situation where we're looking to the local government, local council, um, to actually uh, ratify their decision around whether they're going to uh, support us through continually paying for the sorts of services we provide or not through this period. Um, at the moment, that's not clear. So literally at the moment, we are just continuing to work and on a hope and a prayer, really, to be honest with you, that we can we can survive as long as we can. On a more positive note, a huge drop in private cars on Oxford's roads appears to be helping to tackle air pollution. New analysis has revealed a 60% drop in nitrogen dioxide levels in the city centre. Councillor Tom Hayes, the Cabinet Member for Zero Carbon Oxford, told Alex he reckons people will consider new ways of working after lockdown. Oxford's having to respond to probably the greatest challenge that it's faced in peacetime. And in so doing, it's causing people to stay at home, which is reducing the number of private car trips in our roads. And it seems that the direct outcome of this is that we're seeing uh, less emissions, which is proving more positive for tackling air pollution in our city. Do you think that the the lockdown will have a long-term effect on people realising that working from home is accessible and and maybe something that people do more after the lockdown? I think the coronavirus is forcing people to consider new ways of working. We're having to work from home and more or less people are finding that easy to do, but they're also really struggling without that human contact. I think once we're all able to choose how we want to work, we're going to see a mix. We're going to see people who want to work from home more days than they ordinarily would because they can make use of video calling and they can make use of the other changes they've made in order to combat coronavirus. But we're also going to be seeing people really craving that human connection. I've seen that myself in my day job where our team are really, really missing each other. It's not quite the same to be on a video call with each other. People want to be able to go for a cup of tea to have a discussion about a particular situation um, concerning the organisation. And I think we're going to be seeing a development of our workforce moving more towards a mixed approach of working. And with that in mind, do you think that we may have seen a peak in emissions levels in Oxford if if less people are going to be commuting, even if it's sort of 20% less or 30% less people commuting? Do we think that we might have seen levels as high as they're going to be in the city? What's clear is that if people are taking fewer private car trips, we're going to be seeing their cars not on the road belching out emissions, which is going to be causing impacts for our air quality, which can have further health impacts. If when coronavirus is all sorted and we return more to a normal life, we see people driving their cars less, we're inevitably going to be seeing the benefit in terms of air pollution levels and human health benefits. And the council, uh, the city level and the county level, have been working really hard to try and reduce the number of car trips that we take in the city. Connecting Oxford is all about reducing car trips in the city by up to 40% in order that we can increase the road speeds for buses on our roads and so more people feel confident and comfortable accessing public transport to get around. Loads of services and activities are being put online for the public whilst we're in lockdown to stop us from becoming isolated. Now the annual Cowley Road Carnival is as well. The street party usually attracts tens of thousands of people to Oxford, but in line with government rules, it's been cancelled. His director Claire O'Hara speaking to Joe. Our communities need the carnival spirit more than ever in this time. So we've put together a package, we called it Carnival at Home, and it's got different stuff, some hands-on stuff you can do in your home, some virtual stuff you can get involved with, some stuff for audiences, participants, everything. Um, So we're putting together some packs for how you can make carnival art in your home, 
So our brilliant stalls coordinators made a pack for how you make headdresses. I've been spending my weekend making water bottle lanterns very poorly, so I look forward to seeing other people's. And we've got our virtual carnival plans, so singing, virtual procession, carnival drum school. There's going to be recipes and videos about food, all sorts of different ways to get involved, um, all on our website at cowleyroadworks.co.uk. So it all sounds just as as fun and as busy and as vibrant as, you know, the real thing does, I suppose, in previous years. But how do you kind of put that across online and make it as good as you can, I suppose? (laughs) That's a challenge for us because as carnival people, we are not known for our online skills. So we're gaining a whole bunch of new skills. Our fantastic tech coordinator, Benjamin, is sort of at the heart of sorting us all out and also our carnival artists out so our carnival artists are working with scientists from the university um, of oxford to make learning resources for schools as well and he's there helping us learn how to film helping us by editing all these things so he's sort of repurposed from um, being brilliant and making all the fantastic music and stuff that you hear happen on the day into making fantastic films happen and our brilliant volunteers coordinator Nick who is usually um, inciting people to join us and getting people excited to um, support Carnival is now running our social media and getting everyone involved and our fantastic team are just all rallying around they're busier than ever to be honest especially our, our lady who runs our website the fabulous Sarah is absolutely swamped and our producer Annie is at the heart of it all so um and then there's all the rest of us just making away <laughs> doing what we can making our plastic water bottles and the like mm. so lots of zoom lots of website lots of social media is the answer yeah and what do you think it will look like in terms of in people's homes because obviously normally when the festival's mm-hmm. on there's lots of food and drink available as well do you, would you like to see I suppose people maybe recreating that side of it at home while they're watching We would absolutely love that. So we're working with our storeholders and some of the traders, the people that have shops on Cowley Road, to get them to share things like recipes, videos of how you can make special carnival drinks, um, things like that so that people can bring a bit of the flavours of carnival into their homes. The reason the team are rallying behind and using our limited craft skills to make all sorts of things is so that people can have a go at making stuff in their homes, especially families who are sort of, you know, stuck at home with not necessarily all the things they would usually get to do we're, we're working on a very eco theme our theme this year was going to be mother earth and will be mother earth next year but so we're using that eco theme and our artists are super on board with the eco theme to look at using recycled materials things you would have about the house to make it give that carnival vibe so people can decorate their homes put on their costumes, drink their carnival rum, um, cocktails and, you know, make their fantastic jerk chicken or whatever it is they want to do and sort of enjoy it in their homes as well as on their screens. Yeah, and hopefully maybe a bit of sunshine and we could go out in the garden and enjoy it and it might even feel a bit more authentic as well. Let's hope. I mean, we are ready for all eventualities. So we've got carnival in the house, carnival in the front garden, carnival in the streets dependent on where we're allowed to be on 5th of July. From carnivals to festivals as local resident Lorraine Baker is putting on a virtual music festival to raise money for an Oxfordshire charity. She told our journalist Alex Meakin that around 60 acts are due to take part. There's me and there's three other people that are involved in it and we are trying to get um, as many people as involved as possible. It's an online virtual festival for the 2nd and 3rd of May. Um, There's going to be four stages with different acts 
a variety of things we've got going on. And it's to raise money for Oxfordshire Mind and NHS together. Perfect. So who are we looking at performing? Are we talking musicians, poets? What are we talking here? Yeah, we've got uh, live DJs. We've got four different stages. So one stage will have live DJs all day for both the days. Um, and then we've got acoustic acts, varieties of different bands. Um, and then we've got a wellness stage where there'll be yoga and singing. Um, and then there's another stage where anything goes. We've got piano karaoke, um, poetry, beatbox workshops. Um, we're trying to get as much variety as we possibly can. Amazing. Have we got anyone anyone booked in yet or is it still in the formative phases? I think we've got about 35, 40 acts booked in already. Um, we're still looking for some more more things. Um, so anybody that wants to live stream for it, if they want to get in touch, I'm more than happy to um, speak to them about it. Uh, I think we're probably going to have about 60 plus acts by the time we're, we've got everyone booked in. So talk me through it. You book an act and then they broadcast from the home. Is that right? Yeah, so everybody who is going to be performing will already have a webcam and some kind of sound connection so that they've, they've got the live stream facility already. Um, and then we've got instructions on how to get them to, to stream live for us. Obviously, this is all for a good cause. What is that cause and why? Um, we've chosen to uh, support Oxfordshire Mind um, and NHS together. Um, we wanted to support Oxfordshire Mind because it's a really important charity um, for Oxford and obviously with people in the current climate, they need more help than ever to support um, people. Um, and then because our festival is reaching people from all different parts of um, Oxford, uh, that's sorry, the UK and the world really, uh, we wanted to have and a different charity that people could choose to um, donate to. Because we've, we've got acts from um, Bulgaria, we've got an act from Chile, we've got somebody streaming from California. It's, it's reached a variety of people so far. How much do you think uh, it will plug that gap in some people's lives who are used to going to six, seven festival weekends over the summer? How much do you think it'll, it'll scratch that itch for them? Well, I mean, I'm hoping as as much as we possibly can in in the current climate. I would usually be going to lots and lots of festivals. I work I work at festivals usually, so that's why the idea came about in the first place. Um, so we we want people to really get behind it, sort of get dressed up in festival wear, maybe put a tent up in their garden. We've got um, competitions, so we've got a competition for best dressed and best festival vibe created, um, and we've got some really great prizes that have been donated to us from local businesses um, and we're going to have to have all of this information on our social media um, and we've got a website as well which is where the, the actual festival is going to be plugged from over the weekend. That was Lorraine Baker speaking about the lockdown festival next month. A fund has been set up to provide free childcare support for the NHS workers in Oxford. Sarah Pearson, Senior Nursery Manager at the JR Hospitals Nursery, has been speaking to Alex about it. The cooperative uh, made the decision to uh, try and help the key carers um, to do our little bit. So they donated £25,000 to start the fund um, and then they've reached out to um, the parents that use the nurseries um, for any donations that they'd like to um, contribute to support other workers. Um, and so far we've raised 31000 
um, £653. So it's been amazing. Are you shocked at all by the amount of money that's coming? No, it's it's lovely, you know, and, and they're all everybody's working together, which is is really really nice, and it's just a way of them saying thank you um, in a different way and enabling those key people to maybe book extra sessions during this this time. So, if there's a, a local NHS and, and a critical worker listening to this, how how would they uh, be best to take advantage of this? Yeah, they just need to get in contact with the nursery if they're looking for childcare um, and we will get um, the children settled as quickly as we can so that they can um, carry out their roles. What do you think it would mean to an NHS worker to just have this as something that they don't have to worry about? I think it, it will support them. It, it's a stressful time for everybody and, and finances is one of the biggest worries. Um, so knowing that there is that support there will help them um, and take that burden away from them. What have people been saying to you about the fund? What, what's the sort of reaction been from, from the parents and things like that? They're, they're really appreciative of, of the support from the community and from other parents. Um, and it is another way of the whole community pulling together to support at this time. Sarah Pearson there, who works at the nursery at the John Radcliffe in Haddington. And a football club in Oxford is showing its support for the NHS. Marston Saints has raised thousands with a week's worth of sponsored runs. Captain Daniel Fraser told our reporter Alex why they wanted to raise money for our health service. Kennan, another local site, they started it. Um, and we see they were doing updating weekly. And we thought, oh, that'd be a good crack. And we'd give it a go. So a couple of weeks later, after they finished, we decided to do ours. And we just set out, really, just to have a bit of a crack and try and raise as much money as we can, try and push ourselves along the way, have a bit of banter. And uh, it started from there, really. When you started out, what was your... Did you have a, a target in mind? No, well, the, well, the first target was £300, we set. Just we didn't have a clue. So we just thought, oh, we'll start off at 300 and then... Hopefully a few lads get involved and a few more get involved. And then, well, it just sort of went mental. Um, we started off with 300, then we set it to 1,000, thinking, oh, 1,000, that'd be brilliant. And then now it's just gone absolutely mental. So what the club's actually doing, you guys are running, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we're all running. So <clears throat> we had se- seven runs in seven days, each each player that took part. Um, of the two lads, they ended up... Two lads ended up doing 100 kilometres each in seven days, which is about 60, 60 odd miles in a week. Amazing. And what are you guys on now, uh, fund wise? Oh, we're over, over 8K. I think it's about 8,300 the last time I looked. And it, it's just been absolutely amazing response from everyone. Tell me about the response. What have people been saying about it? Oh, everyone's saying, well done, guys. Um, obviously, they've how much we've run and how much effort we put into it. And I think that they've they've just seen that we're keen and we want to raise as much money as we can. And friends of friends, everyone's just been donating. A few of them had to say there, me included. Just just anything to raise a bit more cash for the great NHS staff. And obviously, you guys, you did pick the NHS for your uh, for your fundraising. That's where the money's going. What? Why was that? Why did you choose the NHS? Oh, obviously, with a current circumstances they're doing such an amazing job working all the hours under the sun they're on the front line and anything we can do to help them just 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 a privilege and have you seen that tweet from marcus rashford yes i have yeah ben yeah keep up the good work he could have 
he could have chucked some money our way though. So what what sort of happens next? I mean, are you guys have done the running? Is it is it over? Is it? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think I think a few charity wise, the run is because it was only a week. But I think um, Hayford have took on the challenge now, which are a business side, and they're they're looking to do it this week. So hopefully we can get as many senior teams through as possible and raise as much money as we can. And just finally, for me, I know I am. How much are you guys missing playing football on Saturday? Oh, he's massive. <clears throat> um, just, just to even see the lads have the crack training, um, yeah, it's, it's massive. It's a big part of all of our week. We look forward to playing football on a Saturday, and obviously, we can't do anything now. So, yeah, it's it's strange times, but everyone's in the same boat. But can't wait to get back out there and play for Martin again next season. That's it from the Jack FM News team for now. We'll be keeping you up to date on the coronavirus in Oxfordshire throughout the outbreak. And if you've got a story to share, do get in touch with us. Just search at Jack FM News on Twitter. And thanks for listening.